Hi, everyone, and welcome to another A Right Club podcast. I'm Laurel Simmons, uh, co-founder of The Right Club. And today with me is Paul Kopkoch, who is acting as my co-host today. Hi, Paul. Hi, Laurel. How are you? I'm doing great. So we had a really good conversation with these two guys from Calgary, uh, Anthony Terrien Bernard and Santosh Nathan. And um, Anthony's from originally from Quebec, and Santosh is uh, originally from uh, Singapore. So uh, I would say a mixed cultural uh, podcast today, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, it was interesting to hear how they kind of both ended up meeting each other and um, and and both in the Calgary market and and good to find, uh, you know, passionate uh, realtors with lots of real estate investing experience because I think that's uh, that's what a lot of our listeners uh, should be looking for is to build that power team of of people that have real estate investing experience. Yeah, and it's it, it's you know you can listen to their stories about how they got into real estate investing and they realize that whoa wait a minute there's some there's wealth building opportunities here and cash flow and even even them talking about figuring out like, their own why and how they work with their uh, clients, their investor clients, because they said, you know, figuring out why you're doing it is really the foundation of everything, you know, that are, of everything that happens because it really does dictate your strategy, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Very much. Yeah, they really did emphasize that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So um, before we go on to the interview, I just want to invite everyone to... Go to our website, therightclub.com, sign up. There's lots of great content there. We have many, many podcasts. I think, how many are we up to now, Paul, roughly? Well, over 200. So 207, yeah. 208, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So go listen. I mean, they're really, there's lots and lots of great information from people all across the country and and outside the country, too. Um, until next time, then, everyone, customize your life. Welcome to the Right Club Podcast, where the focus is on helping you, the real estate investor, advance to the next level. And now let's join this week's hosts and share ways for you to customize your life. Well, here we are again, another podcast uh, recording with the Right Club. And our guests today are Anthony, Karien Bernard, and Santosh Nathan. And you two live in Calgary. So we're delighted to have you to talk about what's going on in the Calgary market. You are real estate investors yourselves, and you are realtors. So that's going to be a really fun conversation. So to get us started, why don't you just uh, tell us, like, tell us, how did you go to Calgary? Why did you choose Calgary? And and what are you doing in terms of your own real estate investing? Who'd like to start? Sure. Yeah. Well, first, thanks for having us. We're really happy to be on your podcast. Um, both of us, both Santosh and I moved to Calgary. We're not originally from here. So I grew up in Trois-Rivières, Quebec. I moved to Calgary 11 years ago. I didn't have actual plan to come here originally. We were trying to move to the States. It's uh, kind of a bit of a long story, but ended up here pretty much by a random 
House of Aquari and I uh, really liked it. I stayed here and, um, and been investing here for 10 years and working here as a realtor as well. So. Yeah, the man uh, is Algu. So for myself, uh, I, I grew up in Singapore, so a long ways from here. Uh, I moved to, to Calgary directly uh, in 2011 with the rest of my family. Uh, and I did my school year and got started in real estate investing 2018 uh, while I'm still in it. Um, and then on, I started my portfolio and then I became a realtor uh, fairly recently. So, Okay, so that's a question. Here's the next question. You started investing in real estate while you were still a, a student in university. Okay, why and how? Why? Yes. Okay, yeah, good questions. Uh, why? Because, um, so I was in, before I came here, I had to do my, in Singapore, there's conscription for two years. So if you're born in Singapore, you got to go to the military for two years. So I was there for two years. I lived, I lived in, in my camp. I got, I got my, got my, I got a salary from it, uh, but I lived on, on camp. So I saved all that money uh, for two years straight. All my meals were paid for. All my accommodation was free. Um, so all this money was just kind of stashed. And during my undergrad, I was like, how do I make, how do I make more money? Cause you're an undergrad, you're doing, you know, full-time course load and you just want more money. You want to buy things. Or, like, but for me, it was, it wasn't about like things or going out to parties. It was. I, I want I wanted financial independence. I was like, how do I make a lot of money, right? And be financially free. So I started Googling. I came across uh, at that time Matt McKeever's YouTube channel. Uh, I'm sure many listeners might be familiar. So he was putting out content. It got me really, really interested in real estate investing, right? And so and so I thought I was like, hey, how do I buy? I've got this much I've got the down payment, but I can't qualify. Because I'm a student, don't don't have a job, nothing's similar. So I turned to my mom. And she was very grateful. I, I'm very grateful to her because she co-signed another mortgage. And I was able to buy my first single family home. That's how I got started. And then, then on after I graduated, I was able to get a, uh, get a job, get a mortgage, and then buy properties. Right? Same. That was kind of a starting point. <laughs> okay. And, and Anthony, then, um, how did you get started in, started in real estate investing? Yeah, so shortly after I moved to Calgary, within about a year, I started to look for a uh, residence for myself to live in. I wanted to buy a condo at the time is what I could afford. So I started to shop around for condos. I wasn't super happy with what I was seeing. I grew up in uh, in a detached house all my life, you know, in, in Quebec. So I kind of wanted some, I wanted a bit more space. And at some point, the light bulb kind of came out in my head that Wait a minute, if I buy a semi-detached property that has a basement suite and I rent that out, I can actually live there for cheaper than buying a condo. So I did that. It was essentially house hacking at the time before I knew what it was. I moved in the house. I rented the basement. um, And I was, I realized at that point how powerful that strategy could be. Um, You know, I was living for almost free at the time and that got me excited. I was like, okay, I need to repeat this and scale this. That's obviously working well. Uh, so I did a bunch of rentals in the property and he like the basement suite and then started to purchase other properties uh, in Calgary. So it was almost by mistake. I was one of those accidental house hackers. 
uh, I didn't have background in real estate or anything like that. So yeah, that's, that's what got me started. So, so, uh, how, what sort of changes have you seen in, in the real estate market in the 10 years that you've both been investing and, and what does your portfolios or what do you, both your portfolios look like now? Actually, to, to correct, I started investing in 2018. Anthony's been a landlord for 10 years plus. So he's, he's way more experienced than me. Uh, but in my short period of time as an investor, five years plus, um, there's, I've definitely seen the appreciations that have started to benefit, you know, reap the benefits of real estate. Um, at the same time, prices have also gone up. So I feel like if I had waited to say graduate my undergrad and then get a job and wait until I can qualify, and like, you know, like, uh, the market would have ran, would have ran our feet. So I, I'm glad I stepped, I jumped into the market when I could and seize the opportunity. What, what about you, Ed? It's the typical opportunity cost that you're talking about, yeah. right? Like, uh, you can wait forever, but why are you waiting for the perfect time to buy? You're not getting any return. So exactly. for me, I, I started buying in 2012, right? And for, for the listeners that might know a bit about uh, the Calgary car history we've had over the past 10 years or so, uh, we had good years, you know, 2012 to 20, the end of 2014. And then we had a pretty significant oil and gas crash that lowered our values, lowered our rents, especially in Calgary. Uh, we had rents go down by over 20% uh, at the end of, you know, 2014, 2015. So that's how I got started, right? That, that was pretty much my, my beginning in real estate. Uh, and subsequently, we had pretty much seven years of flat prices, including rents. So I wouldn't say that I started in the best environment in Calgary, but I'm really glad that I did get that environment because it reinforced the uh, investing strategies that I had at the time. All my properties performed really well through that market, which is not an optimal market and not a very usual one either. So seeing that and seeing how other people were underperforming through that period, um, really like strengthened that philosophy and that strategy. And I think it's good to have some of those bad cycles sometimes for investors, not too far their career, right? Just so that, you know, top of mind that these things can happen and do happen. So, you know, make sure you're prepared for these kind of environments. So I think that's really good advice, especially right now. You know, a lot of investors are going, oh, the sky is falling, the sky is falling and prices are coming down and it's, yeah, that happens. It's just part of a, a cycle and mortgage rates go up and down. And it's when you've been in, when you've been in real estate investing for a while and, and or even if you've just paid attention to what happened in the last 20, 30 years, you know that it, it's just cycles, right? What exactly is part of it, right? Exactly. Exactly. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Right, Club Nation, just want to take a quick moment here and introduce you to Private Money for Mortgages, which is a mortgage brokerage. And the great thing about Private Money for Mortgages is if you are looking to do a flip or a burr or something that requires a little bit more work or you might not get traditional bank financing, a great opportunity to still acquire that property is with Private Money. So Private Money is going to be at some point in your journey a necessary tool for you or maybe somebody that you know, another investor to build your portfolio and knowledge is key. You can book a discovery call with Susan and her team to learn why, how, and when to use private mortgages. 
in your real estate journey. You can visit their website, which is privatemoneyformortgages.com. And there's a free guide to private mortgages that you can get there. And also, Susan can help you with a vetting process. So when you are looking at properties, whether it's a flip property or a burr property, they can assist you with finding different financing options for these types of purchases. And again, it could come with a higher cost. Most likely it will because it's private money. But if it is executed properly with a proper exit, that is going to be key. So again, private money for mortgages, which is the number four dot com. And now back to the show. And now back to the show. So I have to ask you, you're, you're working together, right? As realtors. Yeah, 14. So how did you, how did you meet? And why, I guess this is a kind of a multi-part question. So we'll see how far we get on this. How'd you meet? Um, what made you decide to be uh, realtors? And what made you decide to work with real estate investors? Who wants to go first? Uh, I mean, Anthony, you, you can start about how you met me. Sure, yeah. So uh, <laughs> it's kind of random. So yeah, it's actually an interesting story. So Santosh and I have not known each other for that long. Um, I was in the process of getting my real estate license, and I was looking for advice and tips, things to look for. But especially, I was looking for advice on being a real estate investor while holding my uh, realtor license, because there's there's pros and cons to that, right? There's, important considerations. So Santos reached out to me and said, hey, I've just been through that process. I'm an investor myself. So I kind of weighed those pros and cons already. So we had a good chat about that. And I decided ultimately that was the right decision to get my license. Um, so we started to stay in touch and, and work together as I got my, my license. And uh, eventually, you know, after a few months of working together, it became clear that Instead of trying to compete against each other, it would make a lot more sense to join forces and work together. Uh, we we have a similar way to work too, so it was a natural fit. Um, so it's been great, great so far. As far as working with investors, it was a very natural progression for us because for both of us, we were investors first, realtors second, right? So we were already we already had that network. We already spent a big portion of our days analyzing properties and thinking of areas to invest into all these things. It's, for us, it just made sense. It's, it's our jam. It's the people we like to network with. It's the things we know. We, we do that stuff all day. So. Yeah, I, I agree. And uh, I just can't, but on my end, like now I got started as a realtor was through my social media presence is what ultimately led me to become a realtor. Cause when I was an investor or being a realtor, uh, my social media started growing and people started reaching out. I was posting content for real estate investing. People reached out and were like, hey, like, can you take along with me and come and check out this property? Can you give me your tips? Can you come with my realtor and see XYZ property? And I found myself doing that pretty often. I was charging a consultation fee for my time, but I felt like, you know, I feel like you'd be making a lot more and I do enjoy working with investors. Um, while I was doing all that, I still had my job. I was working university as my background in research, uh, MRI research. So uh, I'd rather be doing real estate than science. So I, I figured, why not? Just, just, I just took the plunge, got my license and uh, said goodbye to my research job. So maybe real estate is a science. Maybe that's a, <laughs> that's yeah. a you know what, I, what I, the best thing it definitely is. Yeah. I'd say there's an art and a science to real right. estate. 
interesting. So, so, so Anthony, you mentioned there's pros and cons to being a, a realtor and a real estate investor. What, what are those, or what, what do you both see as being the pros and cons of, of having both of those uh, professions? Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, these are actually questions we get asked a lot too from our clients. So obviously being a realtor, we have fiduciary duty and we, we obviously have a duty to our client to offer them the best advice. Um, that's really important to us, right? But as investors, obviously we want to find the best properties as well. So some of the cons is that obviously we, our clients come first. So if we're both looking at similar type of properties, similar areas, uh, they always have the priority. We can't just go and step above them and try to get those properties. Um, so that's that's really important. That is an important consideration for us, right? But ultimately, there's a lot more properties out there than what we can buy personally regardless. Uh, that was a big part of our decision in doing this is even if we miss on some good properties once in a while, ultimately it's, you know, we we can't buy them all, right? So, uh, but that's one of the main considerations. On the pro side, however, I mean, there's a lot of overlap between being a real estate investor and a realtor uh, for us anyway, right? Like we were already looking at the market and, and keeping an eye on what was happening. We were already analyzing a lot of properties. Now we get to do that for both our own investing and our clients. Yeah. Hi. So I have a couple of questions. I'm, I'm trying to decide which, which is the best one to ask first. I guess, um, okay, here's, here's a, a question that I think a lot of people would be interested in hearing the answer to. What strategies do you recommend to someone? So let's so say someone walks into your, your office or wherever they they reach out to you and you are, they know you're, you're, you're a realtor who specializes in, in real estate investing. And they say to you, I'd really like to get started in real investing, but I'm not sure how to start or what to do. And I, I'm probably, you probably get this question, right? What do you do? What do you say? How do you handle that? Yeah, and so I can go. So we've actually worked with a few clients like that. They're completely new to the whole uh, concept of real estate investing. And what we do is we, we like to provide value first, right? So instead of showing the properties, let's let's sit down for a coffee. I'm going to break down you. What are the different strategies, right? Because some people, uh, birth strategy, Airbnb, flipping, whatever, whatever the case is. We try to explain usually the bird, which is the most common one, right? Or if you're super new and you don't want to handle renovations, a turnkey strategy, right? Just buy something that's already done and just kind of sit on it. Um, and what we do is we we usually meet with our clients one-on-one -on -one at a coffee shop or wherever, and we explain to them, hey, this is the pros and cons of each strategy. Um, and what's your risk tolerance? So we try to identify that. Um, and, and your budget, right? So, and how comfortable they are being a landlord, right? Do you want to be a landlord? If you don't want to be a landlord, then maybe flipping or handing it over to a property manager makes sense to you, right? Um, so we try to identify that. And then we we have our Facebook community as well. So we encourage people to go on there and ask questions because sometimes they may not feel comfortable asking us all the questions or they just want a third-party opinion, right? Um, so that's just another platform for them to get other connections, connect with other investors as well who have, who have done the strategies that we talked about, right? Um, and that way they just feel more assured and ready to kind of pull the trigger when, when we start showing the properties. The big thing for us is that we're really trying to understand what the goals are of those investors. 
Like yeah. what are they trying to do, right? What's their end goal in 10 years and 20 years? Because not all strategies will achieve the same way. Uh, and that's that's really important, right? Um, but like Santa said, like, we're really, really trying to figure out what they're trying to do and then find them the, the best strategy to achieve. And now we're going to take a quick break to hear from one of our sponsors. Do you have a message that you would like to reach a captive audience of thousands of real estate investing folks people with? then you should be sponsoring the Right Club podcast. We currently have some pre-roll and mid-roll spots on our weekly podcast, which is consistently in the top 100 Canadian podcasts for business and investing, and in the top 1.5% of all podcasts globally, according to Listen Notes. Our audience wants to hear from you. Edison Research found that 67% of podcast listeners enjoy hearing the ads, compared with just 6% for TV and radio. The WARC report said that 78% of listeners are comfortable with hearing ads on podcasts to support non-paid content. To find out more about availability and pricing, get in touch with Catherine Nelson-Riley, Operations Manager, to catherinetherightclub.com. Do you find that a lot of people um, are like surprised when you ask, like, what, what are your long-term goals? Because I've actually spoken to, to people who I ask, I said, well, why are you in real estate investing or why are you interested in it? Uh, like, what do you want to do in five years or 10 years or 15 years? Or, you know, really, it's the, it's the underlying why, right? And often I get like blank stares. It's like, well, what? <laughs> what do you mean? Why? Well, because real estate investing is not, it's simple. It's pretty simple, right? You buy real estate and you yes. sell it. Then basically that's it one way or another, right? But it's not always easy, right? So it, 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 it's the actual implementation. The devil's in the details. It's the implementation that can be a little rough sometimes. So um, it, it, again, it's how do you coach people through that? Because that's you're really talking about um, people's lives, right? How how yeah. you really have to make them think about what they want. How do you do that? What do you? They talk about for sure, yeah. Especially with new investors, that's that's a really uh, a really good question because sometimes they they often don't know, like you said, right? They they don't know yet what their goals are. I think it's important for them to be asked that question, right? It forces them to think about it uh, and and spend a little more time. And a lot of investors don't know where to start either, right? So actually, run them through these options and trying to see what fits for them is is important. So. Um, it's often the biggest purchase of their life, but it's also often like the biggest change. Right? It's <laughs> powerful. And the scariest one of their life because it's not as simple as houses they're going to live in. It's an investment property. They don't know if like it's going to cash flow. Right? They're kind of relying on us as realtors to make sure like, hey, wait, you know, is this a good investment, right? Like, am I going to spend money being put to good use? So, um, yeah. We... When we work with uh, investors, we try to make sure, like we we usually run the numbers for them, make sure uh, our numbers are very conservative too, so we don't overinflate our projections or anything like that. So they're realistic, and it just gives our clients and investors confidence. So, and have you ever had somebody where you've said, you know, this really is not for you? Oh, everything, of- like every day, multiplies multiple times a day. Like we, we will literally try to talk people out of bad deals too. I mean, ultimately, if they want to buy it, it's their own decision, right? But we we put the red flag up in a lot of instances. So there's there's yeah. much more 
bad deals out there than good deals. There's a lot more properties that are a good fit for our clients than the ones that are a good fit. So we, we have to do that a lot. Especially in this market where a lot of properties are still, you know, really over, overpriced and they're kind of hanging on to prices for, you know, next days or four months ago and hoping to get those prices when the market has really shifted. Right? So. Uh, so you're seeing that change now in Calgary? Because I understood Calgary was kind of not lagging behind, but Calgary was still a, a fairly buoyant market up until... Yeah, it, and it really is. We haven't seen a huge price correction. What we have seen, though, is there was a lot of uh, properties being sold over market, properties that were um, definitely overvalued and they were still selling. We don't really see that anymore, right? Uh, and we do have a little bit of a price correction. It's mainly based on seasonality. Uh, but yeah, the, like Sandra said, there's still people that are trying wild numbers. Uh, those are not working anymore, especially coming into the winter. Yeah, I think another thing that's kind of cropping up Calgary state prices too is our inventory has gone down. So it's actually harder to find the properties that don't work. So uh, that's kind of keeping the price on the prices upwards. So, so you're actually finding... Uh... Sellers are holding onto their properties now. Is that what you're saying? They're not. They're there is not that inventory on the market. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They're more reluctant to sell. They hold on to it than rather take a uh, let it sit on the market longer uh, or possibly get a lower price for it than say, four or five months ago when they could have got maybe twenty, thirty thousand dollars more. Right? And we're also entering the winter market. Like last year, the winter market was not. That was not a normal year. You know, th this year we're seeing a lot more of the normal seasonality of like inventory dropping over the winter. We expect it's going to pick up probably over the spring. So it's great. But just before we get into our lightning round questions, because this is a really kind of a cool conversation. It's, this time's gone by really fast. I do want to ask you though about, are, are you finding that people in Calgary, uh, like for example, investors, so let's say the buyers and I guess also the sellers, is there a more creative approach to making offers and maybe counter offering now? In other words, like, you know, maybe vendor take back or, oh, I don't know. There's all kinds of things you can do, right? That aren't necessarily uh, sort of this typical, here's my offer, you know, down payment, blah, 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 whatever it is, right? So uh, it's maybe even in, on the commercial side or let's say for the, 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 the sake of this discussion, commercial meeting anything over like five, six units. But um, do you see more creativity creeping into the the offers and or counter offers? Uh, at least at least for me, I definitely notice uh, more buyers looking to get a take back or structure it differently, for, for example, like an agreement for sale, uh, just because the interest rates are really high. And so we're trying to look for alternatives to see if the seller can hold on to the mortgage for a couple of years and the buyer just makes the payments and then maybe refinance down the road. Uh, but we, what we do find on the flip side is the sellers are more reluctant to do that is uh, by the time they come to us, it's, it's like, all right, well, I, I'm either done with it or, you know, I just want to cash out. I need my cash because I've got a $2 million project. I need, I need the $300,000 to put, right? I don't want to wait two years. I want the money like So. Um, it's hard. I, th I find that it's harder to structure these deals uh, with properties on market unless the seller has informed us like maybe like six months ahead, like, hey, I'm going to sell it six months and I'm kind of open to 
these creative strategies, right? Uh, so that's that's what I'm finding. Yeah, at least for the Calgary market, for the most part, we do see a grant for sale or some financing, but it's often on properties that are very hard to sell or sitting on a market for a long time. Often in less than desirable areas of the cities. It's not that they don't happen, but they're they're pretty rare when they're good properties. Those people, like Santa said, usually just want to get their, their money and, and cash out. And, and are you working with investors from outside of Alberta? Yeah, yeah, we, we do have investors from outside. That's actually something that's changed significantly over the last year, um, especially in the oil downturn. People thought Alberta was a horrible place to invest, right? They were like, oh, you know, like your, your economy is struggling and all these things when actually it was a great time to buy, in my opinion. Yeah. Now that things are recovering, we're, we're seeing those people trying to get into the market again, especially that a lot of them are getting priced out of their local market uh, with the rates going up and the prices going up. So we're, we're seeing people from Ontario, uh, BC, Quebec, you know, other markets to get to the, uh, the Calgary market. Mm, yeah, well, more so than BC, like Ontario buyers were, were plenty in Alberta and Calgary at least. So. Everyone at, at, at least about five months ago, right, when interest rates started going up, like, we were pretty busy just working with Ontario buyers. Like, you, if we didn't want to work with Calgary buyers, we could just <laughs> make a living off of Ontario. So it was that busy. Oh, and like anything else, cycles, right? I'm sure that yeah. you know, buyers come in from everywhere and then they go away. And then, yeah, it's, it's all exactly. about the cycles. It's all about yeah. the cycles. All right, we're going to move on to our lightning round now. This week's lightning round is brought to you by Butler Mortgages, Canada's number one mortgage brokerage three years in a row. If you need a great mortgage broker to help you with investing in real estate or to help you purchase your next home, reach out to Daniel Patton and Michael Zanzini from Butler Mortgages. You can do that by calling 905-569-8326 or toll free at one 888 and check out their website, butlermortgages.com or by email daniel.patton at butlermortgages.com or michael.zanzini at butlermortgages.com. And let's go to the lightning round. Uh, we have four questions. They're really quite easy. It just, you know, just a snappy response. Um, um, and, uh, oh, do you want to ask the first question? Sure. Okay. Uh, what is the best advice you've ever received from an investor or at a networking event? Uh, I'd, I'd say for me, it's, it's that you've probably heard it many times. Don't wait to buy real estate, buy real estate and wait, right? Because um, I've, I've missed out on other opportunities because I decided I want to wait, right? And then I follow it six months, a year later, and I see like, oh, wow, well, I could have made $50,000 or $100,000. So that, that's my place. Buy, don't wait to buy real estate. Buy it. Yeah, for me, it's, uh, you've heard this one, I'm sure it's pretty simple, but cash flow is king. You know, I, I've been through that down market in Alberta and I that mine very well because I still have very nice positive cash flow. You can build through any market. And I think that advice applies even more so right now uh, with a bit more uncertainty in the market. So if you've got strong cash flow, there's no, no reason to not buy, uh, buy and hold property right now. Okay, great. 
All right. What's your favorite resource for real estate investing? It can be a book, training, person, a mentor, an event. Well, well, just your favorite resource. For me, uh, it's a Canadian real estate channel, previously Matt McKeever's YouTube channel. Podcasts for me, for the most part, uh, podcasts like yours are awesome. You know, free, great resource to hear from different investors. You can learn a ton. I've been listening to Bigger Pocket podcasts for a long time. I've been listening to your podcast as well. You're a great, great resource. Like In my opinion, there's rarely a need to spend thousands of dollars on a fancy course. There's tons of free resource out there. Books are a great place as well. They're, they're pretty cheap. You get great, great advice. Okay, wonderful. And what would you consider is your greatest attribute that's made you successful? I think for me is to be able to stick with the strategy on the long term. Um, real estate investing has a lot of more veteran investors, and the audience might <laughs> might know by now is not always easy. There's ups and downs. There's cold, you know, there's times where you're like, why, why am I doing this? There are those days. I think knowing that the strategy works and to just put it over a long period of time is really important. So, uh, so I think my perseverance through the process is, is being, uh, really important. Yeah. See, it's for me, uh, my attribute that helps me out most is being very analytical. So whenever I'm looking at deals, uh, I always run the numbers and do it in my head and convey the message to others or other investors in a rather simple form. Because uh, it's it's not helpful to anyone if you, you have all the numbers you have, but you can't pitch your deal to the investor or, or buyer or seller. Right? So I feel like that's, that's one of my biggest attributes is you know, being able to kind of put complicated or rather, yeah, yeah rather complicated detail you know, to bite-sized pieces and convey it in a, in a relatable manner. So. Okay, good. All right, and here's your last question. What's the hardest thing you've had to learn about, you know, in terms of real estate investing? I would say for me, it's to be treating my tenants more like customers than uh, friends or tenants, if that makes sense. So uh, something that's hard for me is I want to offer like a nice property to my tenants and I want them to be treated well. And I want to support them if they're having struggles. But what I've learned over the years is that you have to stay very firm with your roles. You have to stay very firm with enforcing your lease agreements. Uh, obviously, be friendly in the process, right? But being really firm with my tenants, being tough in the, in the beginning, um, I will try to help them out, you know, give them breaks on rent or whatever. Yeah, so that was a process for me to, to learn to stay firm with all these, all these things. Yeah, I would say, I would say that was kind of the case for me too. Uh, when I first started, like, I was basically into everything the tenant wanted. They were like, hey, our blinds are staying. Like, can we get new blinds? And I would basically go put new blinds, right? But eventually I learned, like, okay, that's not the way I should be doing it. Because they don't call the shots. And you, you only replace it if it's absolutely necessary. So it's, it's very similar to Anthony. Like, I'm up to, uh, sometimes I, uh, at least in the beginning, I was too soft with my tenants. But now I treat it more like a business, and if it doesn't meet your requirements, it doesn't meet your requirements, right? So 
uh, I'm more by the book, but at the same time, I keep it friendly and professional. That's great advice. Great advice, yeah. guys. Okay, just before we go then, uh, how can people reach you? Yeah, so we have a website, calgaryreihub.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram. Uh, we're both pretty active. Uh, my Instagram is in Venice with anthony.ca. Santosh uh, uses yc, yeah. yyc.re.investor. Uh, YYC's Calgary, so. Uh, and we yeah, also have a Facebook group, the Calgary Real Estate Investor Hub. You can look us up on Facebook. We're pretty active on there. Yeah, those are pretty much the main places you can find us. Great, great. And any last words of advice before we sign off? Uh, last words of advice, don't wait too long to get into the market. Is the market might run on. Right. Okay. Yeah, don't yeah, try to stand the market. That's that's good advice. Yeah, like you said, just get in and start. Just start. Yeah. All right. That's great, guys. Thank you so very, very much. Um, next time I'm out, I'm out in Calgary, and you know, occasionally get out there, I'm gonna, you know, call you up and say hi. Let's go have coffee. I would be happy to meet up. Yes, yeah. of course. All right. Thanks for having us. Okay. Thank Bye. You. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Right Club podcast, where the focus is on helping all levels of real estate investors advance to the next level and help you customize your life. Be sure to tune in next week at rightclub.com slash podcast or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you get a few seconds, please rate the podcast wherever you're listening. It helps the show get noticed by others like you. And we truly appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe.